Welcome to Rocket Ship, the podcast where web developers learn the skills and secrets to ship awesome mobile apps. I'm Simon Grimm, creator of Galaxies.dev, and today's guest is Nate Weinert, who is with me, uh, although we had many technical issues about the date, the microphone, everything else. So, Nate, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks, thanks for having me. Nate is, for those of you who don't know it, the creator of Tamagui, which is one of the probably hottest packages around React Native um, and creating universal applications. Actually, in one of the videos I did, I think I put place Tamagui in place one of the frameworks you should keep an eye on or the styling libraries. And people already ask me, like, oh, what did they pay you from Tamagui? And I'm like, what? It's just good. They paid me nothing. So uh, I'm happy to talk about everything Tamagui. Uh, cross-platform routing and why people should care about it. But before we get into that, I would really love to know a bit more about you, Nate. So you are online kind of like the Tamagui guy, uh, but there's definitely a backstory. So uh, what, what's your backstory and how did you arrive at, at Tamagui? I think you had some, some other failed projects before, is that right? Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, the road to Tamagui, I mean... I, I don't know where it exactly starts because I feel like I was just doing like lots of different things with React at, at certain different points, I guess, like different projects uh, on it or with it or like dev tools around it. Uh, and then at some point during the pandemic, actually, I um, I sort of like had a, U, a UI kit that I had built before uh, that had an optimizing compiler. It was web only. And it had like run into some like, uh, it had run into some like issues with the design of it, I think over time that I just like, I couldn't, I tried adding a fe feature once I think that th I thought was necessary and it just didn't like really work with the way it was structured. So it was like, became a giant, like I, I got deep into that feature, like trying to rework everything. It was one of those things that kept unrolling and I was like, okay, I have to redo like the styling engine. It wasn't uh, atomic actually at the time. Anyway, so needless to say, I've been doing some, some form of this or another for a while, but I was working on a, a project that was kind of like, it was meant to be uh, or like still is, I guess it's kind of like my, what Tomagoo was born out of. And it was just like, um, I was trying to do a fun take and still I am, I guess, trying to just like kind of come up with like a, a really fun way to uh, kind of like list things that list places that you really like and rank them by something not like, not like a restaurant necessarily, but could be like dish or like one facet or something that they have mm -hmm. like a coffee or, you know, something like that. So it's like a listing app, but like make it different. You know, it sounds like, I just think there, there's a lot of apps now that are actually doing different versions of this, which is cool to see. Like, I think it definitely there's some. People want like, some like good a social Pinterest thing. Pinterest board of your special memories and places. Yeah, like Yelp, but more like more like on the map. But yeah, like a like a like a fun Foursquare, maybe bringing back the vibe of Foursquare or something like that. I don't know. But anyways, it was pandemic, and I was just like burnt out from doing a bunch of startup stuff, and was working on this project just for for fun, essentially. Um, and and then I had to get a job, so I was like, I'm not going to finish this project, but I can probably open source the uh, the UI kit that I've been working on. So. That's yeah, kind of the genesis that, of it. That, that, that's still a pity. Like when I learned about Tamagui and I heard you on the Syntax FM podcast, I was like, wow, this guy is really deep into Tamagui and, and doing awesome things. And then I learned that, oh, you're actually working a full-time job and just doing this on the side, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, well, but it, it's a little bit of cheating because like it's on the side, but the first year of it was, or like, you know, I was working on this app during the pandemic, but I mean, I was working on that basically full-time and Tamagui was like a good chunk of building that app. So like, I mean... It definitely like yeah, it's gone way up in the last year and a half. I guess like uh, for sure has been a lot more of my free time on it. Um, but but yeah, yeah, it's it's mostly a side project. I mean, um, 
I've got a, like a regular sort of like, I guess, employee. I got like a contrib like we collaborate, I guess, sort of like co-founder, I guess, type guy. And we, he's, uh, he's awesome. And so he's been as huge help actually after like 1.0, just because it, I mean, it was overwhelming the amount of like incoming. I mean, like all 1.0s, I think all good front end 1.0s, I guess you do it when it's really like 0.7 or something, you know, and <laughs> hope that like you don't get too much bad press. And yeah, uh, yeah so. Yeah, it was kind of hard to overlook Tamagui simply because it has such a great UI. So for everyone not knowing about it, just check it out uh, on the web. It, it looks like, yeah, like you're, yeah, I'm, I'm catching a Pokemon or something on the website. I, I don't, I actually, yeah, there was a relation to it, I guess. Um, but for those uh, who've never heard about Tamagui, could you quickly describe what it actually is? Because I think it's more than just a styling library. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like um, from UI... I guess down or something it's it's the there's a component kit that's very if you're familiar with radix it's very similar um it adapts to native though so it has this cool adapt component that then you can nest another component inside and then tell it when it needs to adapt and it'll flip between the two which is pretty cool because i think that's like the big difference between what like something like radix supports where it's it's mostly desktop and the mobile web i mean i guess they could it'd be cool if they had that um but anyways it's Yeah, it's got the component kit, and then it's kind of got this main part that is uh, makes, I think, it possible, which is, like, the optimizing compiler, which is pretty cool. Um, and it's just, you know, if there's, like, this trade-off uh, that you run into if you're doing a universal app like React Native and Web, which is that, first, it's just that it doesn't feel as elegant. You know, you have to write, like, press yeah. event and set state and then press style, right? And then you have a style sheet at the bottom, and you have to, like, name it and then link that and you're jumping back and forth. And if you're coming from like the web world, it's, you know, you're just like, you're just literally just like instantly changing, especially something like Svelte where, you know, that's kind of like where if you have a good React setup, you have it set up very inline styles, tailwind, whatever. And you're used to that very clean and fast, like feeling of just like inline styles or whatever, you can change things very quickly. So it feels very clunky. Um, media queries were another one. And so you abstract it and you build up these like abstractions for it, but then your app slower like the more you do that the slower your app gets because you're adding all these hooks and you're adding all this like logic inside of your components and you're using those components everywhere yeah for every you know it's the most it's everywhere it's like every single view is using many of them um so it really matters at the edges like that so the optimizing compiler tries to basically remove itself like it, it even the view the styled views that you create it's trying to it doesn't like compile down to say like a styled view that's optimized it's it's compiling on the web to a div element in your React tree um, with like a class name and then it's just pulling CSS out and it evaluates logic and stuff too, which kind of makes it cool because it means you can just like do like spreads or like ternaries in your like style objects and stuff like that. And uh, so it's cool. Yeah, like it, it basically like there's this dilemma, I think, where if you're sharing a bunch of code and you have a lot of nice abstractions, you're just inherently trading off for performance. And so it's trying to like bring that tip that balance back. And so Yeah, it's been a lot of work. It's it's a lot. Like it's you know, it's like oh, what is Tom agree? But I I just say it's three things. Like yeah, UI, style library, and uh, optimizing compiler. Yeah, so so I, I made the question up front, like what's the difference between Tamagui and these other packages like React Native Paper or um, GlueStack or the other that have come out? Um, so mostly these other are just the UI part and Tamagui is on top having the optimized compiler. Is that like the big differentiator between your project and those other projects? Well, I think there's like lots of differences between them. I think like if you're talking about like a big 
fundamental difference. Like that's probably the, yeah, the probably one of the main ones. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they have different like feature sets and all this stuff that's interesting, but yeah, I'm not, it's not, um, that's a lot already. So yeah, like the, the optimizing compiler for sure is the novelty. I think like you can make a claim that like the, there's a lot of other interesting parts like anim the animations, plugins, the way you can like swap out drivers and compile to CSS or whatever. And the theme system I think is pretty cool, but like, it, I, think, I think those are novel. And then there's cool yeah. stuff on top of Tamagui, but yeah, like that's. Yeah, that's definitely want to get back to the to the animation and the um, adapters later as well. Um, and by the way, what you said about the press date, I just came across this like last week. I was preparing a stream and I want to use like Expo Router and for the web and just have a button with a hover effect. And I was like, it can't be that hard, but it actually was. Like I asked on Twitter if there's any good solution, but there's just like use a pressable and then have a state. And when it changes, you change the styling. Like it was so unbelievably <laughs> complicated. I was like, that can't yeah. be like, it's 2023 and I'm doing this and people are like creating unity landscapes with AI. Like this can't be true. Um, so yeah, I definitely <laughs> yeah. see the need for, yeah. for something better. And there are like, you know, like, again, like a lot of the libraries make it nicer, but yeah, it's my goal. I, the thing that I wanted to do was make it feel good. Like my web app felt terrible because I built this big app in it and, um, and it was getting slower and slower. And like, it was just, it's just frustrating to run into those limits, like where you, and, and you're moving slower and then you abstract it and it's like, yeah. So it's just as, that constant trade-off is annoying. So trying to yeah. try to fix so, so so the other week i tried it out i tried tamagui and the first thing that i noticed is that it's actually a lot harder to set it up so if i go through yeah. the getting started guide it's not like install this import this use this component and boom you have your hello world which is like the typical flow in, in pretty much every framework or uh, package you use but for tamagui it's like it's kind of complicated to set up like a configuration and then you have to do this and then you have to do this. like, why is that required? And will this maybe get better in the future? It's a good question. I mean, it's great. It's a great point. Um, I think it may just even just be the docs fault. Like, cause there, there are these getting started guides. Like, I think you can just cop, you just install Tamagui config. Right. And then just like, it's a one line, it's one line of config and one line of, providing it at the root and or basically with the imports and everything but it's like there's a very simple flow that i think is there but if you are going to customize it which i think the docs do a bad job of like making it seem like you need to customize and like set up your own design system from the start which mm -hmm. you absolutely don't um you can just import config from tamagui config pass it in and like you've got like a really nice complete setup um so yeah i, I think it's our docs are definitely lacking like i said it's it's not like um it's something we should definitely spend more time on because we've spent so much time on everything else. So it's like worth uh, getting that to be very like simple. But yeah, I think we've we've improved a few things too very recently. Like there's no more setup um, in terms of like build or anything like at all. So um, that actually just happened recently. So I don't know how, how recently you played with it, but uh, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that gets rid of all the complication for setup. So it's kind of nice. Nice, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that as well. So you, you upfront also told me that you also use Cordova in the past, just like I did, and Capacitor, and you probably also know about Ionic in that case or the other libraries out there. And my, my, my question was always like, why is there no Ionic for React Native? Because if you know Ionic or people who don't know it, Ionic brings like components like a toolbar, a button, a list, a card, and all, all these components, and they adapt to like iOS or Android styling, and they pretty much just work everywhere. So uh, mm. what was some library like that a bit of an inspiration for Tamagui as well to have like a great set of components? Or is this something you might expand to in the future to have even more components that like feel really native and also work on the web? 
Oh yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, that's the goal, right? It's like there should be the there should be a lot of libraries, I guess, that do that. I, I do feel like there are some. I mean, there's just no great there's no great ones on. Yeah, like the nice thing that Cordova and Ionic did, and I don't even know. I thought they were the same company that they renamed or something, but I don't know. It's not really. Um, yeah, I, mean, Cordova, I haven't been in that world for a yeah, while. Cordova is in the Apache Foundation or something, or it became open source. Uh, like it was oh, okay. PhoneGap, and then Cordova and Ionic uh, created Capacitor. So Capacitor is like the evolution of Cordova. Um, but yeah, yeah, that whole topic is is getting complicated. I mean, there are different ways to build. You share more code actually with Capacitor uh, than if you do like a React web project and then an, mm. uh, a React native mobile application. But um, yeah, they serve a different purpose. But that brings me yeah. also to the question like, um, okay, so Tamagui for React Native, um, and you actually said in, in one of the, the podcasts I listened to that it also works great just for one platform. So if I only want to build a React Native app, and I'm actually not really interested in web, would Tamagui mm -hmm. still be a great option in that case? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I definitely think that it's, I think for native, it's actually almost the stronger case. Like I have a hard time cracking into web as much because the web libraries go so, you know, they had go deep into CSS stuff and like, easier runtime and all this stuff. But I'll say for native, definitely. Like I, I think for native only it's, yeah, maybe I, I would definitely choose it. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's the strong, like I don't think there's any downside really that it supports web because all the web code is basically based off the React Native APIs and you get the optimizing compiler. It doesn't do as much. So the optimizing compiler is much better on the web, but I'll say, but like that doesn't, like, I mean, it's just native is still like the kind of the best maybe platform it supports in terms of everything. So yeah, I mean, I don't see why not. We're trying to get better at web. Like the website is more valid. Like I think that there's no reason that it's not like the best web style library. I think it, it is for a lot of cases, but it's still not for like some of the cases where it, like you really want zero runtime and very, very light. Um, like the core, the web library is, is I think 20 kilobytes, or maybe even slightly under that. If we put a little effort into it, it's really not bad. Uh, but you know, there's some people, I think that like, the CSS support too, maybe be the second thing, like getting full CSS support as an option. So like, we're kind of working on like a plugin type idea. Like we're trying to get, I mean, it's very, plugins are always a very dangerous road to go down because they're both, they can be very like complicated to support and slow things down. But some very simple system where we can let people control kind of the, the props that it takes and how it processes them. Um, and so I think that with that in place, we could have like a tailwind, you know, syntax support, which is already doable now, I think if you were to put the effort into it, but it would be a little clunky, like it wouldn't like work as like, it'd be, it'd be hard to type it. And then it'd be hard to like get it, you know, to be perfect and like optimize as well. But like you could do it now, but try and make that easy so that, yeah, if you wanted to really just plug web in only, you could do like a zero runtime mode and, and actually uh, like have like full CSS support. And then if you wanted to, you'd have to like change, change things out or like, you know, you, you basically give, get the web support as equal on equal terms with maybe like the best uh, yeah, zero I, time. I, I, although there, there are some downsides which is interesting like i think like i don't think people realize you can't do a lot of things like you can't access your theme in, in a hook you know per se like if it's changing or something over time right if you're switching maybe you can i guess in the simple cases <laughs> but but like accessing your token values dynamically and, and passing them out and stuff like that is like i guess it's, yeah i guess they they have simple pretty simple theme systems so it's really just the theme system that really gets like that, that, and animations, I guess. Like, if you need to pass a value into uh, JavaScript, that's changing over time. Sometimes animations make it hard to uh, have like a zero runtime component. Yeah. So CSS or support spreading is... props actually too would be the big one. Like spreading C props CSS... down. 
CSS support is definitely interesting because the other day when I tried Expo, they kind of got this working with with Expo for web. Um, is there like a like a like a challenge between libraries, uh, who, which is like the best in making the most advancements? Because it feels like you kind of you kind of want to do the same. Like you want to support CSS, and Expo for the web wants to support CSS. Um, at the end, I asked myself like, should I just use Expo and CSS for the web, or should I use Tamagoy? Um, so um, I know you're a big fan of uh, compiling, uh, compiling this into a, a Mono repository, and then have Next.js application and Solito and um, I always ask myself, like, where does Expo for the web fit into this? Because they are working heavily on this as well, and like with the new Expo router and stuff. Like, what's what's your take on 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 the whole? Uh, like, what's the best setup, basically? Oh no, I mean, I I think the I don't I don't love the mono repo. Like, I mean, I think it's just the best that we have currently. Like, I, I don't think I mean Expo Web is great. It's it's, it's the idea that I've been wanting to build myself for a long time. Um, so like, it's cool to see them do it. Like, I was. You know, I, there was multiple weekends where I was like, gosh, I work on like a file system router for for the web because I really want it. But like, I know it's a nightmare. And I even looked, you know, I would even start looking at like other projects and kind of get a feel for it, mapping out what I was going to do. But no, I think it's I think that's the right strategy. It's just it's very early. So they've made a lot of progress, uh, but it, it wasn't like fully production ready. Still, I guess they haven't even announced like the full. But I th it, it'll be soon. I mean, I think it'll be soon. And I think it's a good strategy. I mean, um, so. I just think that like, yeah, in terms of feature set and like so web support, like you're just getting much more currently from, from next, but the ideal world is to have one stack, I think, and, and not to even require a monorepo. I mean, that should be something that you add on once your project gets to a certain size, I think if, if you need it and just throw some packages in like a subfolder, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I want to, I mean, I, it's, it should work with Tomagui. I think people, some people have configuration issues just because like they have a, their own custom webpack setup. You have to figure out how to like get it to plug in properly and all that. But I'm sure that that'll be that'll work in time. I mean, I I have some ideas. Like I I want to play with like a stack that I've been wanting for a long time. But and I'll probably use Expo Router for it, so it'll have the same a lot of the same APIs there. But I think there's like differences, so I'll probably figure out my own well, setup what's and the maybe stack, stack you you want to use or you would use. Uh well, the uh, I've got a Vite Conf talk coming out, which is which is yeah, the eighth. So I don't know when does this, does this, it probably, uh, maybe it already happened. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So like potentially around, around now, but, um, basically I'm, I'm working on like a V for React. I mean, I've tweeted about it, but like I, I got it mostly working with like, uh, Expo router. And, um, so basically, yeah, you have V serving react native and web and, uh, in the same process, like same bundler, same instance. Oh, nice. So that's pretty cool. And it sends hot updates at the same time to both of them. Um, so you can like run one stack. Um, and then I'm using import.meta.glob, the like built-in feature that lets you like glob a file system folder and then passes it in as like, uh, you know, for your routes. And then I pass that into the Expo router source code and got huh. it like sort of working. So it's kind of cool. So like, that's my dream. And then, and then that's just the bat, like, I mean, I want one bundler because like, it's a nightmare already dealing with one bundler. So like, you don't need two nightmares. Um, and also like, you know, I, like a lot of this work actually started months ago. And like before even, I think Metro is really, they're, they're picking up their support supposedly. They were, they're sort of like, were stagnant for a while. I mean, just probably due to Meta's investment, not due to like their developers or anything, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it just felt like, you know, they had like a, the number two issue on the repo was like, I forget what it was, if it was like asset imports or dynamic imports or something like that. And like it had been there for like 
four years or something at some point, or I don't know, three years, but, um, and like, yeah, for the web, you need really good code splitting. You need really good like asset handling. You need, uh, you know, good optimization. Like you, you want SSR mode. Um, so you need some sort of control over that. And, uh, and so, yeah, like it just, that like the V was on my mind ever since I wrote the Tomagui plugin for it because I really liked it so much. So, um, so I got that mostly working. Like it's legitimate too. Like there was a lot of work to get like common JS bundling, mm-hmm. but yeah. So, but it's not just that. Like I think my other issue, my other like issue is like kind of, kind of with like how data fetching is done. Like I don't think we have a good, I don't think we have a really good data solution. Like in terms of like I'm like for native apps for apps that you want like to have you know. A, like, I don't know if you use Swift, Swift UI or anything like this, like you, and you use like a local sort of like data source or whatever, Firebase even parse, or I don't know what's new. Um, but basically you just, you generally just have this like query that's like a real time query. And, and if you sort something, it's sorting. And it's like, you know, you just use the native constructs of the language for the most part to like do things like you're or at most like a put or whatever, uh, insert, whatever, sort of like some very straightforward syntax. And, and you need that like real time offline for like, for a lot of apps. I think you need like mm-hmm. that feedback, even if you're just sorting a list, like any social app, any crypto wallet, any AI chat app, like you want that real time, easy to work with data. So like I think most apps. Um, and so, yeah, like I just think there's something potentially with, with like, like I used GQD for my app that I built that Tomagu was born out of. It's, and it, it, we made GQD. It was a fork of GQ list, which is, this GraphQL library, this young genius like wrote, and then kind of like he moved on to other genius things. And he, uh, and he just like, it, it was amazing. Like the idea is really great. Like, and it, and it has some really interesting upsides and it basically you just use query and then like your whole typed graph is there. There's some other libraries now that I think are doing it actually. And there's been some that have come like even generative, they generate like a query builder, but this one's like inline in your render function. There's no string you can map over users. Like you do a query, like, query.users, you pass like, it's a function, you pass it some arguments, right? Like filters and limits and all that, right? And then you map over those users in React and then you like return, you pass that user into like a subcomponent, right? And then in that subcomponent, you just call like user.name, right? Mm-hmm. Or user.avatar. And it generates the GraphQL query like from Crazy. reading that. It's a proxy basically that goes all the way down your tree. Crazy. And it builds the GraphQL query and then calls it for you. And it what's cool is that it, it does the optimizations that like the fancy relay compiler does, which is like, it resolves your entire tree in one pass and passes one big GraphQL query, which, and you do it without any, I mean, the syntax is as good as it gets. It's so nice. You can literally abstract your components out, you know, like it's, it works so well with composition where you don't have to think about splitting your query up into like parts or whatever. You're just like, you pass a user object down and that component takes the same type as your graph. So we have, a, we had this, <clears throat> I should have grabbed the water. We had a, a Sura, um set up with this and i loved it i mean it just was like we were flying uh and the performance every time the performance got bad which happened many times you know because you're building an app and <clears throat> it just happens all the time and almost like three out of four times it would be that we somehow just triggered like some sort of delayed render that meant that we weren't fetching that whole page in one pass we were triggering two passes or three passes or something like that right like mm-hmm. depending on the bug <clears throat> and it would like double the to double the response time. So it would right. go from like maybe a complex page would be 400 milliseconds and then it would be 800 or 1200. And you'd be like, why does it feel like the entire app feels terrible? Like the yeah. second it goes from 400 to a thousand, you're like, I can't use this app. You know, it's like, it's garbage. Like obviously you'd cache a lot of these, but, but still it's like, 
uh, you're going to hit fresh stuff on a lot of different apps. Um, so anyways, it's, that was kind of like the cool part was like, we were using it. It was so simple to use. It was giving us incredible performance. And then like, you could also tell that like, if you didn't get that full pass, I mean, this is Postgres too. So like there's different strategies, but, um, I think it's nice. Like, so I, I think there's a graph file system routes, maybe type thing where like, you know, file system routes made routing a lot easier. I think if you had a graph folder, you could drop functions and you had, there's a, there's a library called Gratz. Mm -hmm gratz.caps.dev or something like that. It's, it's, we'll have to look it up or something and put a link. Gotta put but, it in the notes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's, uh, they, they did a really cool job of like, almost like full on type, reads your TypeScript types, you export function with TypeScript types, and then you out, you, you, you put like comments to like annotate the GraphQL fields and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then it just turns that into your GraphQL query. But I think that you could go further with that and do like a really cool one where like, you don't have to annotate with comments because it's, there's a file system convention. So it just knows that if you're exporting a function in graph slash user slash yeah. full name, and you can just like drop a function in, takes the user object returns. And so I think you'd have this amazing, like, I think that would be, that experience would be so cool. Like I've been wanting that stack for so long since I, since I started playing with GQD. Um, and Hasura is like, we use Hasura. I don't know. I wish I knew, like, if you know, I, like, I still think that there's like not a great sort of like, database that auto GraphQLs and like gives you like, I think Superbase shows a lot of promise, but last I checked, which was like a long time ago, granted was their, um, their like GraphQL library was a little, a lot less mature than like a server or PostgreSQL. Yeah. So. I, I haven't, I haven't tried that one yet. Um, I'm not, I'm not super deep into GraphQL. So yeah, yeah. Uh, all of this, this sounds definitely interesting. The, and I'm the thing is neither am I like, like, I think GraphQL, it put me off. Like I was, I thought it was too complicated and too much, too, too much over engineering. Like I, the thing is like, I'm not even a GraphQL developer. I just like Tasura because I was like, <laughs> you just click, you make a database, you click, you create all your rows, you create your schema or you run, you know, code or whatever. You just run your schema and then you just like have this API automatically, like, and you can like add functions and like, like, that's nice. Like, I, I just think it's really nice to, to do that. So, but I will say like, yeah. Uh, even if you're not in the GraphQL world, I think GQD is kind of cool for that reason, that it, it doesn't feel like it. Definitely going to put this in the notes, um, which also brings me yeah. to, you, you mentioned it quickly, Superbase. Um, and I was I was very pleased because I kind of like Superbase. I'm a big fan of Superbase that you used it in, yeah. in Takeout. So Takeout was uh, your first attempt to monetize Tamagui. Could you could I say it like that? I don't know, but it's a, it's a product and kind of your opinionated stack with Tamagui. Um, I think it's using Next.js and Solito. And that's why I got the impression from that, like yeah. this this repository or this setup is like your preferred way. But uh, I now heard that it's just, you think that it, this is the best we currently have. But uh, yeah, yeah. Could, you, could you share a few details about what Takeout is and, and, and why it's awesome? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not to anti-sell myself, like I do think it is the best the best way that that is currently i i want to like migrate it eventually to some of this new stuff if i can pull it off but um what it is today is like it's yeah it's i mean it's been a ton of work for time agree and i a lot of it was just for fun like, i mean again a lot of it was i was building my own app and then i was open sourcing it i thought it was kind of fun and then like eventually you have to like okay you know it's got to be sustainable so um so yeah we've got we had different projects that we were sort of interested in and i just think this is the most like the most asked for and also the most like it's most practical, I think, like it, because there's so much work that you do to start an app. And that's also a lot of the least interesting work. Um, and like, just most frustrating work, like setting up auth, setting up <clears throat> all the different screens, mm -hmm. uh, setting screen, account screens, profile screens, 
the routing, the user feed, the like note, the little tray that drops down or whatever for like different things that you want to show. Um, getting like, and it's and like with React Native, it can be a lot too. Like getting all the right libraries, you have, often have like you know splash screen and all these native things that you want to set up nicely and load fonts before you show the hide the splash screen and support dark mode and like it's just like it never ends. You know how it is, and, and it's like so it's like obvious that like if we can just put together a starter there, I thought like it could be good and. That's what it is. I mean, yeah, and it's, it's, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised actually. Like, honestly, I was, I don't know. I mean, like not a lot of people, a lot, there's a lot of great open source starters, you know, like there really is. Um, yes. And so, and I think the universal app angle, it, it definitely like makes it, I think what makes it work because there is so much more kind of like setup to like get a truly good universal setup going. Yeah. So I, I think that's why it like justified itself, but like, cause there wasn't, I don't think there was much. I mean, there's, I think there's probably some out there that, that do exist, but I don't think they go, very far and like and like really try and like stay and get like a lot of the great libraries all together like reanimated and all this stuff like i, I don't know if there, there, there's some good starters but like yeah it, it seemed lacking for sure and if i was going to start a project it's like it's nice to have something that you could like skip the first whatever i don't want to you know try and make yeah, it sound like, good but you could skip a while you know yeah yeah definitely a lot of hours uh, i i've started many side projects as well and um, this one definitely looks like one of the best starters I've seen so far, uh, as it includes like a really good looking native and, and also an app and also a good looking website. Um, and you, you just mentioned it, is it using reanimated and does it like include some, some sort of animation stuff as well? Yeah, it has the, it's set up with the Modi driver, which is the reanimated driver. Basically it's Fernando wrote, uh, a nice like interface on top of reanimated that made it like, so you could just use a hook and do very simple syntax. And it just happened mm -hmm. to be very close to the, um, the syntax that Tamagui already had for animations. So we had a reanimated driver originally that was like handwritten. And then it was actually much nicer to just like leverage that. And it's a nice, nice light library. So our, our driver is driven, driven by uh, Modi, but yeah, it's set up. And then you get like pretty decent animations like built into Tamagui. Like you can do a lot of stuff. That's actually quite frustrating. I think usually like pre presence animations, especially like that's kind of the cool thing I think that you can do some pretty interesting like inter exit animations, which are super common, like, you know, building the UI kit, I felt like I had to do them, you know, it's just like, mm -hmm. how are you going to build a popover or a dialogue without having an exit animation that's very clean. So I almost felt like my hand was forced to like figure it out. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, um, I, I'm a big fan, like reanimated can, can be a little bit tricky to set up too, right? It's one of those things where like yes. Babel plugin and et cetera, et cetera. So, but yeah, it, it works. And I definitely would like to like, I think there's a lot of room for cool stuff there. Like we could get timeline almost like or at least looping but like also have some control where you can move between like we don't have much of that into tamagui but i don't see why not like it's that's actually relatively not as complex as getting all all of it to work in the first place like now most of the drivers i think modi even has some simple um oh you froze for a second okay cool yeah but yeah so so it's there yeah long long answer. yeah yeah i had uh the other week Catalin uh <clears throat> on, the, on the podcast as well where we talked about reanimated oh, yeah. and uh, he also introduced me to moti and yeah and i also want to bring on fernando uh because nice. he has like also all these great packages so uh, it, it's it's a small community like everything kind of ties into each other and everyone's like supporting each other that feels feels really great about the react native ecosystem right now so yeah uh, animations mm -hmm. with tamagui are also perfectly fine and working yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I like the community a lot. Like, uh, it, it was really fun to go to AppJS, actually. That was cool. Like, 
meet a lot oh, of yeah, people. Yeah, I think the, yeah. yeah, he he mentioned I think FJS and meeting you there. Yeah, yeah, we hung out. It was cool. uh, which yeah. was kind of kind of long travel, uh, given you're based in Hawaii. Is that correct? It was an it was an absolute nightmare. Like it, it was <laughs> on the way there. I think it was like almost 30 hours like it was 28 hours oh. of travel or something like that it was it was wild and then i got delayed on the way back so i actually like ended up staying an extra night on the way back and yeah it was because we're exactly yeah 12 hours off and mm-hmm. then yeah it's hard to get a flight that's better than like two stops to poland you know because like poland's not like necess- i mean you can you definitely can but like it was just much much easier to find two stop flights and fly then- to like yeah yeah like like london or frankfurt or something I think I was stuck. We were stuck on the runway for two hours on my last, the leg oh, to no. Poland and there was no air conditioning. I was dying. I was literally 24, 23 or four hours in to traveling or something like 23 hours and oh. stuck on the runway for two hours without air conditioning. I was literally going insane. But yeah, I had a great time in Poland. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like it was, yeah, I really loved it there. It was maybe because of the flight. It was so bad. It was like, by the time I got there, I was so happy just to be in civilization, but it's really cool there. I actually had a great time. So. Yeah, I definitely will try to be there next time as well. Um, we're running a bit out of time. So I want to have one last question for uh, or about Tamagui. So uh, I always love to know like what's coming in the future. Um, currently, I think you already posted. I think this is already live like zero config. Uh, that should already work for Tamagui. But what's like what's next? Uh, what are your plans for the next version? Um, yeah, we're sort of like working on a lot of things at once. We, I mean, I think we're, we've been trying to just get it as stable and like, like easy as possible. Like we're trying to reduce the amount of work that we have to do just by answering questions and stuff by just like covering all of our bases, like improving everything fundamentals a lot. Uh, and then I think, I think it's actually been, it's been paying off. Like we've, yeah, we've just been moving through like bugs. Like I think we've, the issue tracker got up to like 70 a few times and we got it down to 30 and then it, you look away for like a day and it goes back up and, but we've been keeping it down. Like I, I'm actually pretty proud of that. So uh but yeah what's next like i guess that's not as exciting but that has been like it's been nice to get it to it's cool to have it feel you know like not like a liability you know at at all anymore like i know that it works and like all the features are there and like pretty solid and like even because like you know i think like bun's going through this right now but it's like everything's there but like you know that like it falls apart in a hundred different ways and like it, it definitely was there at one point and but now it feels a lot lot cooler so we've been working on like new stuff we've been working on um a few things like we're we're slowly getting to more of a fully headless setup i don't think that's as exciting actually it's not we already have unstyled so like it's not the big of a deal but i think it's cool like a lot of people want like fully headless no styles included just do what do what you want um the studio is obviously i think one of the more exciting things like it's very i'm so close to having it ready to where like we can start posting like really cool demo videos i keep wanting to wait a little bit because it's like it's really cool now finally like it got to that point where it's like oh wow i can really play with themes and like put out I, like i've come up with some cool themes like very like unique looking but it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's like it's i know if i wait like just a little bit longer because there's like a couple little things that we can tweak to get like themes to be like i can put together like a really cool demo so it's very close i think studio is very close and it's it's mostly like theme like a theme builder but because the time we theme system is so strong like it's really like you You can change the whole look and feel of the interface. Like you can have very contrasty borders or like bigger fonts and like all sorts of stuff. I mean, the font stuff is still early, but like you can really play with the interface and go from like a outline type theme to like a 3D, more like, you know, shadowy, whatever. Like you can go across all sorts of stuff. So it's pretty cool um, to play 
to play with. And I think we're just rolling it out to like the top sponsors now and getting feedback from them. And so that's been good. And then hopefully that'll be like out soon. Um, that's another sort of thing where I think we'll have like, uh, I think it'll be cheap actually. But I think that we, and we will, we'll try and do like a sort of like, uh, we're trying to figure out how to do it. I don't know exactly how we're going to do it, but like there definitely should be a thing where you can like at least generate a theme um, or choose from like maybe, maybe some cool themes that we've put together and like play with it a bit um, and then maybe get some value out of it until you're ready. Like we'll try and figure nice. out something good. Nice. But uh, other than that, um, I know we're running out of time, but I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of, I feel like we have a lot of interesting projects going on, but uh, some cool new components for sure. Like that's kind of exciting. Like I think, I think um, like menus that do really oh, a really cool. good job. I think those will be very cool. Those are in, in progress. Um, yeah, like a variety of components, I guess, that would go on top of that. I think the, and the studio also is, is, has like a bunch of pre-made. So like one of the steps is that you see a bunch of pre-made stuff to see how it all looks. And there's a bunch of them at this point, which is cool. So it seems like a natural direction too, to get a bunch of like copy paste examples that you can just like, like different like widget type things, I guess, go in that direction. So that'll be cool. I mean. There's, I think there's cooler stuff. Like the stack stuff is, is where I'm like also very excited. Like it's very exciting, but it's, that's like fun week. That feels like my new weekend project. You know, it's not like, it's not actually <laughs> there good. yet. And and there's so much on the Tom Agree side. Like, yeah, there's, there's quite a bit more, but I think those are the big things. Nice. Yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to all of this. I'm going to put the links in the show notes to both take out and studio. It's probably not yet live when the episode goes live, but um, people can already, um, uh, yeah, sponsor early access or if it's live if you watch, uh, watch this later or hear listen to it later then just join yeah. so uh nate this was awesome thank you for uh, a quick look into tamagui into the heart of the creator of tamagui where can people find out more about you and your projects tamagui.dev yeah and and thank you so much simon i, I had a great time chatting so appreciate it yeah, thanks for uh, for joining me. And if you want to check out more React Native courses, and probably I'm going to do a Tamagui course soon as well, because people asked about it, you can find this on galaxies.dev, where I already have many React Native courses about Expo, and I think soon one about Tamagui as well. So thanks, Nate. Uh, I will probably bring you back in the future when we have the next uh, iteration of Tamagui and Studio ready. So uh, for now, thank you. It was a pleasure. Yeah, it was, it was a pleasure.